Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Friday, September 18th edition of ATS.io Radio. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Going to talk about my week two picks here for the Circus Sports Million 2. Off to a 4-0-1 start with my ATS.io-2 entry. So I'll give you my thoughts on my picks and leans here for week two in the contest. Give you an update on where the contest is as a whole. And also update you on the Westgate Super Contest, which we are not in this year, but we're still covering it over at the website. Speaking of the website, tons of great things going on over at ATS.io right now for you to check out. Make sure you download the ATS app as well. There is a link to download that on our website under the more heading up at the top of the page. Download that app. You get a lot of great statistical information. We've got article integration as well, so you can read the articles on the app. It's got a bet tracker in it. Uh, you've got you know the odd screen that we have in there as well. Plenty of things going on for you to check out in that ATS app, and I highly encourage you to take a look at that here for this weekend. And also, I encourage you over at the website to check out the different sportsbook promotions that are going on in the different states that have legalized sports betting here in the U.S. Some very, very good offers and opportunities for you if you live in the right jurisdictions to take advantage of those. But we've got sportsbook reviews of the U.S. operators. I think we've got all of them over there, maybe missing one or two uh, in some of these states, maybe some of the smaller operations. We have a ton of stuff over there. For the legal U.S. sports betting landscape, we cover industry news to go along with those sportsbook reviews and those promotions. Lots and lots and lots of content over at ATS.io. And we also have a lot of video content over on our ATS.io YouTube page as well. You can head on over there and get some videos from some of the highlight topics and games from the podcast. We have additional video content from Brian Blessing. He's got a preview up. Uh, for this weekend's NASCAR race at Bristol. He's got some thoughts on Monday night football uh, as well as Sunday night football. A lot of good things going on over on our ATS YouTube page as well. We're just hammering away with the content. If you want betting content, there is no place better to get it than ATS.io. So as I said, a good start for me here in week one, 4-0-1 with the ATS.io-2 entry. Maybe got a little bit fortunate with the push in the Chargers-Bengals uh, game. Maybe got a little bit lucky with that win in the Broncos-Titans uh, game. You know, if Goskowski makes at least one of those kicks, you know, Denver doesn't cover the number. But you know what? Look, you got to get a little bit lucky here in this contest. There are 3,148 entrants. I don't care how well you handicap. When you think about these contests and what the win rates are for the, or the cover rates, I should say, for those that get into the money and for those that win, I mean, we're talking very high percentages. We've had 70% win some of these contests before, and it takes a lot of luck. It takes a lot of being on the right side of variance to get to that type of threshold. So I'm not going to apologize for getting lucky with the push, getting lucky with that uh, with that Broncos cover on Monday Night Football. I've had a lot of them go the opposite way here, too in these contests over the years and with my betting bankroll. So not going to apologize for those. Just going to take my 4-0-1 and hope for similar fortunes and maybe some better handicaps here in week two. Two and three for our ATS.io-1 entry. That's the other one that belongs to our website here. Our Circus Survivor still alive with the Raiders coming away with that pretty dramatic win over the Carolina Panthers in week one. 
a lot of people in the Circus Survivor taking the Indianapolis Colts, who, of course, as we know, lost outright as an eight-point favorite against the Jaguars. So I think about 30% of the Circus Survivor field is out, maybe 30 or 40% out here so far. So hopefully we can keep pushing forward here in week two. As far as the Circus Sports Million goes, the field last week, 7,747 winners, 7,107 losers, 796 picked up a push in that Chargers and Bengals game. 52.15% was the win rate in week one that is very, very strong in a contest like this. Generally speaking, the best weeks that we see are somewhere in the 54 to 56% range, but a very good start here in week one without a preseason with all of the COVID uncertainty and all those types of things. So a good showing from week one for the Circa field. 69 entries off to a nice start at 5-0. 53 entries, including my ATS.io-2 entry, off to a 4-0-1 start. As I said, 3,148 entrants got in it. So they got over the overlay. They got past the guaranteed $3 million prize pool, $1,000 to enter. They needed 3,000 entrants. They got 3,148. The extra 148,000 goes back into the first place prize for having the best record for each quarter in the contest. So if you have the best record weeks one through four, five through eight, nine through 12, or 13 through 17, you get $187,000 if you've got the best record, or the most points, I should say, after the uh, the cutoff for each quarter. So those are very lucrative here. And those are really the things that you want to try and vie for here in the Circa. Certainly making the full season money is a it's quite an accomplishment, but the first quarter or the uh, the quarter prizes really, really impressive here in this contest once again for this season. And they're pretty good over in the super contest too. They had a guaranteed quarter prize of 135,000. They only got 1,172 entrants in the super contest. That one's 1,500 to enter. They take out 8% for an admin fee. So, you know, as we see here, the Circa Sports Million almost tripled up the Super Contest due in large part to the fact that it is a rake-free contest and the entry fee $500 cheaper. But the Circa Sports Million has now surpassed the Super Contest in terms of you know, being at the top of the mountain with these Las Vegas handicapping contests. So I don't know what we'll see next year, but I certainly would expect the Circa to grow, especially with the new sports book uh, at the Circa Resort in downtown Las Vegas. And the Super Contest will have to change some things, I think, to try and keep up a little bit. Real quickly here, the consensus for the Circus Sports Million from Week 1. That is the most selected side in each game. 8, 7, and 1. Top 5 consensus, 3 and 2 there. So the 5 most popular picks went 3 and 2 in Week 1. Over in the Super Contest, a good number, 52.68% for Week 1. Again, as I mentioned, 1,000. 172 entries, 27 5-0 cards in the Super Contest, 12 at 4-0-1. The consensus there went 7-7-1. Same number of picks for the Chiefs and Texans on Thursday Night Football. And the top five over the Super Contest went 3-2 as well. And as we compare the two contests here over the course of the season, my guess would be that the Super Contest field will do better overall 
with its cover rate than the Circa field. And I don't necessarily think it's because one contest is sharper than the other or anything like that. I think it's just one of those scenarios where there are fewer contestants in the Super Contest and probably a lot of the public money did gravitate towards the Circa Million with the expectation of that big overlay and then people, you know, just sort of supporting the Circa. You know, I think that's just an easier thing to do than to go over to the Westgate, which is off strip as well. I think that, you know, we just sort of saw people, you know, decide to go with the Circa, with that cheaper entry fee, with no rake. But I do think that the Super Contest will probably be sharper with the higher entry fee and also less publicity for the overlay for the quarter prizes there in the Super Contest. So I do think when all is said and done, the Super Contest field will have a stronger win percentage, but we'll be focused more on the Circus Sports Million here uh, because we're in that. And also because, again, it's got the larger field here, uh, the larger sample size of picks. Before I dig into my thoughts here for week two, one thing I want to mention is that we do a preview article on the weekend for the Circo Sports Million and also the Westgate Super Contest. This year, the pick entry deadlines are a little bit later. So the Circa article will come out late Saturday night. The Super Contest article won't come out until Sunday morning because at the Westgate, they're accepting picks at the counter until 11 p.m. Pacific time. So I'm already in bed. I'm on the I'm on East Coast time. So I will update the Super Contest article on Sunday mornings, but the Circa article should be updated for Sunday or for Saturday night, excuse me. And we'll have recap articles every Tuesday over at ATS.io for both of the contests. So one week in the books. We've had some overreactions. We talked about those throughout the week on ATS.io radio here. I don't think we're, we've seen as many overreactions as we would typically see in week two. We talked about that a little bit with Brad Powers on Thursday's edition of the podcast here. But I think that maybe week three, we will see a lot of overreactions. So that's kind of the week that I'm looking for, especially because, again, you know, you don't want to read too much into these teams not having had a preseason. You know, how much can really change from week one to week two, stuff like that. I do think week three is where we will see some pretty big overreaction numbers. Lots of injuries, once again, to sort through here for this week. Our picks are due to the proxy on Saturday by 4 p.m. Eastern time. So I'm recording this around 11, 11.30 Eastern time on Fridays. I still have more than 24 hours to make my final decisions with my picks. So these are very likely picks and then a set of leans where I will probably wind up taking the rest of my five-play card. And, you know, I talked last week about the particulars of the of these contests. You know, the fact that you have to pick five games. They are against stale spreads. For the Super Contest, they come out on Wednesday. For the Circa, they come out on Thursday morning. And it can be a challenge most weeks, really, to get to five picks. That's the inherent difficulty of this contest. The NFL market is hard enough to beat with the games that you really like. But if you've got maybe two or three games that you really like, maybe you like some totals kind of mixed in there, you have to find five sides for this contest. So you wind up taking some games that you either don't like a whole lot or games that you dislike less than you like the other games that are on the board. So that is the challenge here with these football contests is that you have to make five picks no matter what. And furthermore, 
you generally can't take the Thursday game because you're worried about the clarity of the injury reports. So you have to pick five of 15 games. You have to pick one third of the NFL card for these contests. And when you think about bye weeks, you may have to pick five of 12 games or five of 11 games if you don't want to take that Thursday game. So that's where the real difficulty in this contest lies. And in fact, that's where, you know, last week, I got a little bit fortunate, but those were games that, you know, maybe I didn't love as much as others that wound up getting me a half point or the full point by covering. So that is the inherent challenge here of these contests is that you have to make five selections. And that is something that I think is extremely difficult to do some of the weeks. There are some weeks where I like six or seven games and I just have to decide which ones I like more. But more often than not, it's going to come down to a situation where I don't like five games, but I've got to find five and I've got to try and do whatever I can to see if I can create some sort of edge for myself to feel confident and comfortable taking some of those games. So with that in mind, I have three games here for this September 18th edition, the week two edition of my Circa picks, three games that are very likely picks and then a list of three leans. And something else may come up between now and tomorrow when I have to get my picks in. Maybe there will be some sort of injury situation, uh, maybe a positive COVID test. You know, who knows? But the likelihood is that five of the six games I talk about here on the podcast segment will be part of my Circa card. But I just want to throw the disclaimer out there that things can and will change because I am recording this you know, more than a day in advance of when I have to have my picks into our proxy. Speaking of our proxy, uh, Vegas Maddie over at footballcontest.com is our proxy. Obviously, you can't sign up for the contests now, but a very good website that he has over there and a great proxy service for future contests if you want to sign up for those out in Las Vegas. All right, so my very likely picks here for week two, and we'll go by rotation number with these as I always do. We'll start with number 14, the Miami Dolphins, who are plus five and a half against the Buffalo Bills. This is a game I've talked about at multiple points here throughout the week on ATS.io radio, and I like it even more based on some news that came out here on Friday morning that Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds for Buffalo are both going to be out. These are two very, very solid linebackers. And they're not even just run stoppers, although they did have 226 combined tackles last year. They also had 18 combined pass breakups, each guy with nine. These are two guys that mean a ton to this defense. They're two guys at the second level that really make Buffalo's defense what it is. I know they've got a quality secondary and a solid defensive line, but those linebackers being able to come up and stuff the run, those linebackers being able to cover running backs, and tight ends, critically important. And they don't have either one of those guys here for this game against Miami. So I even liked Miami to begin with as a contrarian play, but they've moved up the list here for me, and they are one of my three very likely picks here for week two. You know, I talked about this throughout the week, but I can go ahead and mention it here again. The Dolphins played the Patriots in week one, and there was a lot of unknown, a lot of uncertainty with how this Patriots offense would look with Cam Newton in the fold. And it did look a lot different. And I think the Dolphins, all things considered, did okay you know, with a mobile quarterback. Mobile quarterbacks are very hard to defend in today's NFL. 
and with such a mastermind like Bill Belichick. I mean, Bill Belichick had a lot of time to prepare for this game. Josh McDaniels had a lot of time to prepare this offense for Cam Newton. And quite frankly, I think the Patriots are a better team with Cam Newton than they were with this current version of Tom Brady. So I don't really take too much away from the Dolphins for that performance last week. I didn't really expect a whole lot out of them in that performance last week. I expect more for, from them here in this matchup against the Bills. I think this is a more level playing field for the Dolphins. And look, the Bills looked great last week. They left some points on the field, sure. But they pumped a really bad Jets team. I mean, the Jets are awful. They're not going to score a lot of points. Sam Darnold does not look good. The Jets' defense is okay. Their run defense isn't that bad. But the Jets' offense is just pitiful. And the Bills, you know, suffocated them and did what they're supposed to do. But without Edmonds and Milano here, I think this is a very difficult situation now for this Buffalo defense because Tremaine Edmonds last year played over 97% of the defensive snaps. Milano missed one game, played 86% of the Bills' defensive snaps. So the depth at linebacker doesn't get a lot of reps here for this Buffalo team. So give me the Dolphins plus five and a half here as the first of my very likely picks for week two in the Circa Million. Next up on the board, looking at a couple of chalky plays here. The first being number 21, the Tennessee Titans. They're an eight and a half point favorite against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Generally speaking, I don't love taking heavy chalk like this, but we talked about this, and a lot of people have harped on this point already for week two. The Jaguars had a very misleading win last week. They got outgained by over 200 yards. Indianapolis didn't punt once, and Jacksonville won that game. So, you know, obviously you want to look to fade a team like Jacksonville after a situation like that. And I expect this Jaguars defense to get worn down by the ground and pound here of the Tennessee Titans. Last week, the Colts ran 22 more plays. They ran 69 offensive plays to Jacksonville's 47. So Jacksonville was already putting a lot on their defense last week. And Doug Marone and the defensive coordinator, Todd Walsh, talked about this already, saying, you know, we got to rotate some guys in here so we don't get tired. Well, with that in mind, the Jaguars rotating guys in and out. They already lost a lot from last year's defense, in particular guys on the defensive line. So we're now talking about second stringers that were third stringers last year, maybe rookies or young guys, something like that. I don't really like the sound of that for Jacksonville. I understand why they have to do it, but I don't really like the sound of that for the Jaguars here in week two. Last week, Jacksonville allowed 6.6 yards per play on first down. If they do that again, the Titans will have long, sustained drives. We won't see the Jaguars' offense on the field a whole lot. That's the way you cover a big number. You control the clock. You move the chains. You keep the other team off the field. I think Tennessee is very well prepared, very well equipped to do that to Jacksonville here this week. So give me the Titans, number 21 in the Circa Million rotation order, minus 8.5 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Finally, the last of my very likely plays here. This is my favorite play of week two. The Arizona Cardinals minus six and a half against the Washington football team. Like I said, this is my favorite play of the week here. A lot of compelling reasons to like Arizona in this situation. 
first and foremost, the Washington football team had a great pass rush last week. They got to Carson Wentz eight times for sacks. They hit him several more times. The Eagles' offensive line was in shambles. They had injuries going into that game. Then, of course, lost some guys throughout the course of that game. But what is the best way to slow down a pass rush? It's to play with tempo. 82 offensive snaps in week one for Arizona. And I believe the 49ers defense only had two or three hurries of Kyler Murray in that game. And San Francisco, we know, has an excellent pass rush. But Arizona was able to slow that down by speeding up the pace, 24 seconds per snap. They move quickly on offense. And that is the best way to slow down a pass rush. So I think Washington, with all the sacks they got last week, great showing. They should be good over the course of the year. But I don't think this is a good matchup. It's not a matchup conducive to what they want to do defensively. Only Tennessee had more offensive snaps last week than Arizona, and they just controlled the game against Denver for the most part. And Arizona played the 49ers, who are still a very, very good team. Washington, off of a division game, off of a physical game, off of a fourth-quarter comeback win, they still have a first-year head coach in Ron Rivera and the new supporting staff, and they make this long trip out to the Southwest. This is a very long trip for Washington. And keep in mind here, too, that you know, teams are traveling differently now with COVID. So generally speaking, you'd get out there a day early for a long trip. Maybe some teams don't. Maybe some teams don't want to do that because of the time change. But you've got differences in travel now that you're probably not accustomed to. And you've got this long four and a half, five hour flight out to the desert. So I expect Washington to be fatigued in the second half of this game. I expect them to struggle with Arizona's tempo. I know Arizona was not explosive last week on a per-play basis, but I would expect them to be better here. They'll move the pocket. They'll be able to create offense that way. They'll create offense with Kyler Murray's legs. And look, when Washington didn't get to Carson Wentz last week, they struggled. They gave up 270 passing yards on just 24 completions. The net passing, of course, took a hit with all the sacks, But when Carson Wentz didn't get hit, the Eagles made some plays. I think the Cardinals can make a lot of plays here. I love this spot situationally. I love this spot from a matchup standpoint. Give me the Cardinals, number 23 in the Circus Sports Million here, minus six and a half. So my three very likely picks for week two, Dolphins plus five and a half, Titans minus eight and a half, Cardinals minus six and a half. And I will tell you that these three are far and away, far and away, my favorite plays for week two. So hopefully they come to fruition here, but these are much stronger opinions from me than this list of leans I'm about to share with you. And again, got to come up with five picks. So we'll see which of these leans or if something else on the card jumps off the page to me here before our picks are due by 4 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. The first lean I've got here in, This may be one that I just have to play by default. It will probably be a consensus pick. I try to stay away from the consensus as much as possible because if a consensus play loses and I pick a winner in its place, that's a two-game swing for me. So those are very important things here when you talk about 3,148 entries. But with that being said, number 27, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're an eight-and-a-half-point favorite on the road 
against the Los Angeles Chargers. And there are a lot of things in Kansas City's favor here. I mean, first and foremost, you watch that game last night and you watch what the Browns did to that Bengals defense. And you look at what the Chargers did to that Bengals defense. And it is a night and day difference. The Chargers offense looks very bad. Terod Taylor can't really throw the football. The running game didn't look particularly strong. The Chargers have banged up offensive linemen. Pouncey's out for the year now. So the Chargers offense is not in great shape here at all whatsoever. The Chiefs, as we know, have a very good offense. And when you look at this Chargers defense, if they don't get to the quarterback, they have issues too. They've got a decent back seven, but... You know, it's not a great back seven by any means. They've got to get to the quarterback. And it's very hard to do that with Patrick Mahomes, who can move the pocket, with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and this Chiefs running game that they've got. So I don't really love this matchup for the Chargers defense, and I especially don't like it if they've got to be out there for, you know, 70, 75 plays because their offense can't stay on the field. So this Chiefs team is in a great spot here, I think. They had a lot of pressures and hurries last week against Deshaun Watson and the Texans. They'll probably do the same thing here with a porous Chargers offensive line. I'm not a big trends guy. However, Andy Reid, 21-11 and 11 against the spread as a road favorite with Kansas City. He is only 13-10 and 10 with the rest advantage, and they do have that here, having played on Thursday Night Football last week. So that's not anything all that special. But over the last 18 division games, the Chiefs are 13-4-1 and one against the spread. And since Andy Reid took over in 2013, the Chiefs are 28-13-1 against the spread in division games. So I'm not a big trends guy. I think trends can be a lot of small sample size noise. But if you have a trend that makes sense to me, it is something that I will kind of take an extra look at. And when you talk about being 28-13-1 in your 42 division games against the spread, it means that when you see teams frequently, you beat them. And you beat them by the margin or more that you're supposed to. They've laid some numbers in some of those division games here of late, and they've still been 13-4-1 over their last 18. So that takes up a lot of the Patrick Mahomes era with the division games. So look, it's an uncomfortable number to lay. It's always hard to lay chalk in the NFL. It's hard to take it as a consensus play. But I don't see how the Chargers score to keep pace here. Andy Reid will have his team ready. Uh, you know, you try in this weird season to build as much of a division cushion as you possibly can. I think the Chiefs are fully focused. I think they're fully motivated. I don't think there's any Super Bowl hangover here. Chiefs minus eight and a half is on my short list and probably my favorite here of the three leans that I've got. Next up is number 30, the New England Patriots. They are plus four against the Seattle Seahawks. This is a simple handicap. I mean, it's Bill Belichick as an underdog. You know, Bill Belichick is 60% ATS in his career, a 65% ATS since 2003 as an underdog. So, you know, I mean, it's it, it doesn't get any simpler than that, folks. I mean, you know, look, maybe the Seahawks do go out there and win this game and win it comfortably, but... Who wants to bet against Bill Belichick as an underdog? Who wants to bet against Bill Belichick, period? You know, and I think that he's been talking up Russell Wilson a lot this week. He's kind of giving his defense that motivating factor that they shouldn't need, but it's kind of some reverse psychology stuff from Belichick. I think he sort of wants to 
put himself in a spot to have Cam Newton step up and play on par, go toe for toe with with Russell Wilson. I think that's kind of what he's looking for here. And it is a possibility. You know, when you look at this Seahawks defense from last year, they allowed nearly six yards per carry to quarterbacks. They had the fourth most rushing yards allowed to quarterbacks, but they were in the middle of the pack in rush attempts. So as I look at this Seattle defense, I kind of worry about their about their ability to defend a mobile quarterback here in Cam Newton. The Patriots' defense should be fine, even though they had some guys opt out with COVID. Patrick Chung, Dante Hightower. This would be the game where they would miss those guys. So that's why this is just a lean for me, why I'm a little bit uncertain about this game. But it is still on my shortlist here. Patriots plus four on the road at Seattle. One thing that is concerning is, depending on which contest you're in, you have to look at the contest rules. And what the rules stipulate, I believe, for the Circa Million, and I will confirm this before I lock in my plays, is that I believe this game has to be played by Tuesday. So there are the air quality concerns up there in Seattle due to the wildfires. I don't want to take a loss in the event that this game is pushed back to later in the season or something like that. So a little bit hesitant in that regard. It is something I will confirm before I lock in my picks, but it is something you want to factor in as well. If you're in the Circa or the Super Contest or something similar, you know, you got to keep in mind that let's say a game gets postponed due to COVID, that's a loss. That's not a tie. That's not a push. It's not no action. It's a loss. So that's why it's important, I think, to wait as late as you possibly can to lock in these plays. And I will wait pretty far into Saturday if I have to to get some more clarity on this Patriots-Seahawks game if it is the one that I decide to use. Finally here, ugly home dog on Monday Night Football. The Las Vegas Raiders, plus five and a half. They're number 32 in the rotation order for the Circus Sports Million. This would be more of a fade of the Saints than a buy of the Raiders. I didn't like what I saw from the Saints last week. Only 4.1 yards per play, only 160 passing yards for Drew Brees, only one real shot downfield, and that came in the fourth quarter. They had uh, under 100 passing yards from Drew Brees through the first three quarters of that game. He had the fourth lowest intended air yards, second fewest completed air yards, It just wasn't a good look for Breeze and the Saints offense last week. And maybe you got to give credit to the Bucs defense. Maybe you give them credit for having so much time to prepare. But just not a good look for that Saints offense last week. And we know that the Raiders' defense is very vulnerable. We do know that to be the case. Maybe the Saints look better this week. Maybe they don't. But I kind of low-key like the Raiders' offense, at least early on in the year here, With a lot of continuity, Derek Carr is back. A lot of the same weapons are back. They just happen to add Henry Ruggs, who can be a game changer. Raiders plus five and a half. It's it's on the short list for me. It's a game I thought about uh, quite a bit early on in the week, largely as a fade of Drew Brees, who I think will struggle a little bit as this season goes along. And he struggled last year in the second half of the year and certainly didn't look good in the playoffs, stretching the field. I think if you're Paul Gunther and and John Gruden, you dare Drew Brees to beat you over the top. If he does it, he does it. But I think maybe this could be a lower scoring game here as well to the point where plus five and a half could wind up having a little bit of value. So the three very likely picks for me this week, Dolphins plus five and a half, Titans minus eight and a half, Cardinals minus six and a half. 
the three leans, Chiefs minus eight and a half, Patriots plus four, Raiders plus five and a half. You can take a look at our official picks on Saturday night in that Circa preview article. And of course, you can follow along with the Super Contest progress, even though we're not in it, on Sunday mornings over at ATS.io. We'll be back on Monday with another edition of ATS.io Radio with professional handicapper Kyle Hunter of HunterSportsPicks.com. We'll talk week four college football as the SEC gets underway next weekend. And we'll also chat NFL week three. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you again on Monday.